You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got a guy named Joe Jones. He runs several social media pages called The Outdoors in Color, and he loves hunting and fishing. He's from North Carolina, and I'm pretty sure he's my first guest that I've ever had on from North Carolina. So I'm pumped to pick his brain about the different opportunities that that state has to offer for outdoors men and women. And, I mean, they've got the ocean on one side. They've got lakes and rivers, and um, I know there's other states like that. But for some reason, North Carolina just is pretty intriguing to me. And so we're going to talk about, gosh, deer hunting and dove hunting and all the different types of fishing they have And Joe loves to document his stuff on his social media pages where he gets people out in the outdoors for the first time. And he teaches them all of the skills and all the things that he grew up learning and loving. And I'm just super pumped about this episode. Now, I'm not in North Carolina for it. I'm actually remotely recording from Wisconsin, the motherland. I mean, it's my home state. And I love coming back up here and just remembering all the different places that, that I used to hunt and actually, I guess, still do hunt. I come up here every year for um, white-tailed deer season around Thanksgiving, and I'm hoping to expand some hunting properties this week. So you're going to hear more about that in future episodes. But we're going to jump into this episode with Joe, and it's going to be a good one. So get ready. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got Joe Jones, who reached out on social media and was like, dude, I'm all about hunting and fishing. Like, I'm passionate. And on the questionnaire, he was like, man, it's kind of tough to decide what I like more, hunting or fishing. So I was like, we're going to get along pretty well. And uh, anyways, thanks for joining me on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah. Um, why don't we do this? I, I'm i going to get to know you along with the with the listeners. And so why don't you start by sharing a little bit more about how you got into the outdoor space and what that looks like for you now? Absolutely. So, um Coming from a family of five, uh, three brothers, one sister, I'm the youngest um, out of the five. Um, my dad um, started us out, you know, just shooting 22s, um, target practicing. Of course, we, we started fishing um, at a young age. And, you know, for me, um, getting to see my, you know, my brothers and sisters doing all that um, and having fun, I got hooked onto it um, from, you know, starting to hunt. Uh, my brothers would, you know, be able to go. Um, dove hunting uh, when I was like four or five, I would cry and beg um, for for um, my dad to take me. Um, and a lot of the, um, my mom would be like, "Oh no, he's too young." Um, so um, 
I finally was able to go with my dad and my brothers. I was the bird dog chasing doves. Um, so um, that's a little bit my story of hunting. It's just started out as a young age. My dad got us involved um, fishing. Um, uh, you know, I'm just obsessed about fishing as I'm hunting. Um, anytime there's a body of water around, I'm looking into it to say, what kind of fish are in there? What can, what can I catch? Um, whether it's a creek, river, lake, pond. Um, I obsess, you know, growing up as a kid, I would always, I think one of the, the stories that stick out the most to me, um, now that it's coming back to me, is I think I was staying at my dad's parents' house in the country, and they had a pond, probably about a mile behind their house. And I think it was around, I was probably around seven or eight. I dug up some worms at my grandparents' house and found a fishing pole and literally started walking off in the woods. And my, my grandpa was like, what, what are you doing? Where are you going? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going fishing. What do you mean? Um, so just, I'm just, you know, every, every second I get, it's thinking about, you know, when can I go fishing next? When can I go hunting next? And that started out with my foundation with my dad, um, teaching us how to hunt and fish. Man, that's awesome. I, I can totally relate like hunting, hunting and fishing as a kid. I actually was, I grew up in a family of five also. Um, I had three older sisters, every one of them learned how to hunt and they would come yep. back with deer and they would always hang them right outside. Like I would wait all day long for my parents and my yep. sisters to get back from hunting just to see what they had shot. And so I'm like super pumped. I started going out with my dad early on and then, uh, my uncle actually got me into waterfowl and, uh, pheasant hunting and yeah. we didn't do a ton of pheasant, but I quickly became the bird dog, me and my cousins. And if, I mean, when it comes to pheasant hunting, like if you can't smell them, like good luck being a bird dog, we would go exactly. back and forth for hours <laughs> in cornfields and never kick up a single moved. pheasant. Oh yeah. So I think, I think I remember one pheasant out of all the times that we did that, that jumped up and I was like, yeah, we're going to have to get a real dog. And, uh, <laughs> we never really did for pheasant hunting, but I, I can definitely relate. So uh, before, before we started recording, you were sharing with me that you're in North Carolina, uh, which is sweet. I think you're my first guest from North Carolina. Let's go North Carolina. Raise up. Let's yeah. go. What, uh, what kind of, I mean, you're right there near the coast. What kind of hunting and fishing opportunities do you have there? I mean, it seems like you probably have a little bit of everything. So central North Carolina, um, a lot of hardwoods, open fields, agriculture. Um, so deer hunting is big. Uh, for me personally, obviously, in North Carolina, it's big. Um, small game hunting, um, squirrels, um, rabbit, doves. We don't really have a sustainable quail population, but we do have um, wild quail. I think it's more so close to the coast, Sand Hills area. Um, again, what else do we have? Of course, we have duck. I'm not a big duck hunter. I think I've tried it myself, like jump jump shooting yeah just trying to scare them up um and then shooting at them but i've never really officially gone um i would love to i just don't have the you know the boat um the connections to get out there because i'd rather be deer hunting honestly <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know after this deer season ends i'm typically you know in the woods rabbit hunting with my barber um he's a big rabbit hunter and then i'll squirrel hunt as well um after deer season ends um that first of january man that's awesome do you guys when you go out for rabbit and squirrel um, are you running beagles or are you running dogs of any kind? Three, three, four years ago, I started rabbit hunting with my barber. Um, he just started talking. I was like, what? He's got beagles. Um, and then that conversation started actually being able to hunt his, um, his he's got 30 acres in Chapel Hill, um, which is a college town, but it's got some big deer because 
of the subdivisions and but anytime he's got you got big acreage in in, in a, a city like that those deer are going to be in there so yeah um he's a big rabbit hunter he grew up um rabbit hunting with his dad i have a cool story on my channel i don't want to fast forward but um yeah he's got you know about 15 beagles and my first rabbit hunt I was just like, this is awesome. Like, I've never experienced anything like that. The way he explained the dogs, you know, how they would jump up a rabbit. And then, you know, of course, they would be moving out, um, chasing that rabbit. And then as, you, as soon as you started hearing those dogs get closer, then you wanted to sit still and just wait for the rabbit. And just the way he described it, like, it was just like, um, it was amazing. Like, because, you know, he would say, hey, you know, once you start hearing those dogs come closer, you know, just sit still and look out. And sure enough. I saw a rabbit, but it's like, I saw it and, and, and I was like, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was about 30 yards away. Um, and as soon as I moved towards the shoot, it scared off. But then the dogs did the same thing. They circled it, pulled it right to me. And then I actually was able to shoot it again. But that experience was just awesome. I've never done any type of, of beagle hunting like that. Man, that sounds sweet. I've, I've never, I mean, I've hunted rabbits with beagles before, but it's only been with one or two dogs. And we're going yeah. brush pile to brush pile. And so these, I mean, these beagles were tiny. They were the smallest beagles I've ever seen. And they would dive into these brush piles and they'd start, they'd start going nuts in there. And he'd be, my buddy would be like, dude, there's going to be one coming out. Get ready, get ready. Sure enough, they'd kick one out or up. I mean, I think we had one brush pile. They kicked seven out of in one afternoon. Yes. And I was like, dude, this is insane. But I've heard about people using like packs of beagles. And, yeah, and yeah. doing that same thing where they push them and circle them around to you. That seems like a whole different level of it. Yeah. He hunts, um, game lens, all games, land, game lens in North Carolina within an hour. Um, and it is like, you know, we probably put in two or three, four or five miles in a hunt. Um, so it's, it's actually really good exercise. Jeez that, yeah, that's going to be, that's on my bucket list. Now I got to try it with a bunch of beagles. <laughs> I'll get you into it, man. Dude, that'd be sweet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hit the road full time in August, and so uh, I'm hoping to kind of travel all over, check out, make some new connections, or uh, go yep. visit some of the people on the podcast. So that'd be fun. I'll have to hit you up if we're in that area. I got you. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned possibly, or maybe you did say that you get to hunt that 30 acres near the city. Uh, for, yeah. Are you doing that for deer now? Yeah, no, no, yeah, that, that was strictly, that wasn't for rabbit hunting. Rabbit hunting, typically with your dogs, I mean, it's got to be, he typically likes to go on tracks of 100, like 100, anything less than 100 acres, he doesn't want to put his dogs on. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't want else's property, but that's why he goes to the game lens, because he has thousands of acres at his disposal. Um, so, I, I deer hunt his property, a bow hunt his property um, all year. I mean, all, not all year, but during the season. Um, he's got some big deer out there. Man, I don't want to. I don't want to throw you under the bus or throw North Carolina under the bus and get a bunch of hunting pressure coming your way. But what kind uh, of? Yeah, yeah. It, it's an under. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. it seems like an underreported state, and so I don't want it to be like, oh man, there's monsters here. But I mean, are yeah. you getting into some pretty good deer there? Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big um, scoring deer antlers. You know, scoring deer's. Um, uh, but you know we we are one of those states that are um underestimated um and probably i'm talking too much about it but you know you have the hunters that um you know aren't conserving they're you know shooting anything when it's if it's brown it's down um but you have those places in north Carolina where you're seeing 180 inch 280 200 inch deer getting killed every year 
Um, it's rare. It's not rare. Seeing two or three, uh, four of those um, getting, um, you know, getting killed. And you'll, you know, I'm in a lot of NC um, Facebook groups, and I'm seeing some 150, 160, 170 inch deer um, killed um, regularly. Uh, but you know, maybe we edit that part out. But yeah, we've got <laughs> here. Um, I think an average is probably 120 inch eight corner is what you're going to see. Um, but, um, let them grow and they're going to get big. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll just edit it to where it's like 80 to a hundred and yeah, that's, oh, that's... there's a lot of 20 inch deer and a lot of, yeah. Um, what are, are you primarily bow hunting? Are you doing rifle? Uh, or is, can you use rifle in North Carolina? Our, um, our bow season starts second week of September, um, of course, you can bow hunt all the way through um, gun, black powder gun season. So September, um, so you can bow hunt September to the end of um, first day of uh, January. That's when our season ends. Um, black powder comes in the first week of November, the last two weeks. And then um, the second week of November, gun season starts and runs to January 1st. Um, actually, North Carolina does urban hunting. You're allowed to bow hunt. Um, I think that typically starts January 14th and runs through about um, the end of February. Um, so a lot of municipalities can, if they have a high deer population, Chapel Hill is actually um, one of those municipalities or towns that um, allow urban hunting. Like if you have, they don't have any rules on the size of, uh, of land. Obviously, if you shoot an animal that runs on someone else's property, you have to follow the proper procedures and laws to, you know, access that animal. But um, yeah, you can bow hunt in the city limits of Chapel Hill as long as you're able to retrieve the game. Um, and it's on your property and you have permission from a landowner. Yeah, it's, it's North Carolina is pretty awesome, man. That's so sweet. I love when cities have like those hunts in place. And I always, <laughs> I don't know why, maybe this is kind of weird, but I always put myself in the deers, like from the deers perspective, like they're just chilling yeah. in the city for years. I mean, they've got <laughs> life good. They're telling all their buddies like, Hey man, you got to move to the city. There's no pressure. And then all of a sudden the conservation department opens it up and they're like, Oh crap, man. They were just, they were toying with me this whole time. Um, no, that's, that's sweet though. What, a what kind of body size are the deer there? Cause I know you guys are kind of like halfway up the country or like, you know, in the center of the country, yeah. uh, uh, uh like I shot one this year that was one fifteen, and that was, um, when I took it to the prostrate, I said that was probably you know above average. So our does okay. are typically to a hundred, anything 150, 120 is, is a big doe. Um, bucks, um, they're like 130, 150. Um, and then I think my 11 pointer I shot in 2017 was 215. Um, that's not rare at all. Like our big deer can be 180 to two, I think 220, um, is kind of like the, the upper, um, weight that we would get. Nice. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, as I have like traveled different parts of the country, I've seen like the farther South you get, it seems like the smaller body deer, yeah. but I really haven't done a whole lot, uh, near the East coast. And so I had no idea how big, how big the deer got out there, but it makes sense with a bunch of, you've got hardwoods, you've got ag land. And so, I mean, they've got everything they need to, to yeah. put on some mass. East. I mean, it's central. The deer are bigger. Um, out down east by the beach, um, they're a lot smaller. Um, out west, the mountains, they are a little bit bigger, but of course they're, you know, they're going through a lot of hilly terrain. So they're, um, not as, you know, they're burning those calories, <laughs> Yeah. but 
there's, you know, we do have those ridges, but you know, they're fat. Um, and I mean, they're, they're, I guess they're average size, um, when not compared to obviously Midwest and up North, but, um, when you go down to Florida and South Carolina, those, those deer are typically 30, 40 pounds less than way less than our deer. Oh, dang. What, a I I know that some of the Eastern States still allow deer hunting with hounds is North Carolina yeah. one. It's huge. And don't, don't let me get started with the feuds, but, um, <laughs> I, I want to experience it because, you know, we have, you know, again, I'm in a lot of NC Facebook groups um, and there are some really good dog um, hunting um, deer with dog uh, hunting groups. Um, they usually clubs. They usually run a lot of clubs and they have you know, maybe five to 10,000 acres and, you know, how many ever members, but it's, 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 it's well known in North Carolina. I've never experienced it. I've always wanted to, we do have certain counties that are allowed. Um, I think it's more so East, um, and closer to Virginia. Um, but don't quote me on that, but yeah, we, we typically have, um, a few counties that, that, um, deer hunting with, with hounds is, is legal. Okay. Yeah. That one, that one's always kind of, I've been back and forth on it. And I think the only reason is because I've seen some of the hunts that have gone wrong on, Mm -hmm. on YouTube or on social media. And I'm like, all right, you're shooting with buckshot and you know, where I grew up, you couldn't hunt with buckshot. And I'm like, yeah. And so that already, uh, I, I kind of had, um, something against that from the get go, but I don't know why Mo- shooting at moving big game animals seems way different to me than shooting at yeah. rabbits when they're running through the woods. You know what I mean? And yeah, I yeah. know that, I know that there's probably people who every year they play, put great shots on deer that are booking it or, you know, the hounds chase them to them. And so, before I make a final judgment on my, of my own, yeah, I want to, I want to experience it. I do want to go there and see it and talk to some people who, I mean, that's how, that's what they know of when it comes to whitetail hunting. Yeah. I've been invited out. It's just, you know, find the time to do it. And obviously when I'm deer hunting, I want to be in the zone and, and focus what I'm after, but I'm definitely down to experience it. I've, I've definitely been offered a lot of the guys on Facebook are like, Hey, come down. We're doing it this Saturday. They all announce it and say, Hey, anyone can come. So that's cool. um, they're just, cause there's, there's some controversy. Obviously it's not the safety issue. It's more so property lines. That's the hugest argument. Your dog's running on my land. That's, that's, that's the argument there in, in North Carolina. And of course um, there's some severity to it, but um I could, I could see archery hunters, uh, kind of having an issue with it. I don't know. I, I have no idea when the seasons and stuff are, or if they overlap, but I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine sitting in an, in a bow stand and you just hear the dogs and you're like, Oh crap. Oh no. (laughs) Like it's one thing to shoot it. Are insane. It's just like, okay, this is why I don't want to have Facebook anymore. I was just the fighting over, um trivial stuff but yeah it, it's it gets heated like i just i'm eating my popcorn <laughs> and <just watch> it. <laughs> oh man that's funny no i i have a hard time uh making a call on the ethics of a certain type of hunting unless i've tried it and you know True. like i said i've got i've got some preconceived ideas about doing that but again i really do want to experience it and talk to the people who grew up doing it because you know like for me there's people who deer hunt and the way that I do it, they're like, are you kidding me? That's how you deer hunt. That sounds like the dumbest thing ever. And I can imagine if you're hunting dogs with, or deer with hounds sitting in a tree stand with your bow sounds like, like you'd have to, it'd be worse than pulling teeth, you know? Yeah. 
So, um, what, what other stuff do you hunt? I mean, so you've talked a little bit about fishing, but, uh, you can dive into that a little more if you want to also. So hunting, um, it's a tradition dove hunting. It, it is the uh, first Saturday in September, um, before Labor Day. Uh, all of my brothers, we go, um, it, it kicks off the hunting season. It's just, um, the camaraderie you always like pick, um, different, you know, um, places, preserves. It's, it's typically, you know, if you can get a private spot and you know, you have connections, it's great. Those are the typically the better hunts, but you have a lot of places that offer, you know, a $50, a $50 um, hundred dollar hunt, um, uh, for all day with, you know, pick picking. Um, so we typically try to pick one that we know is going to be good or if it gets booked up fast, but it's pretty popular. Um, and it's just nonstop wing shooting. And then, um, second weekend typically a week later is is the um bow opener and i am like i gotta take off work <laughs> uh, i'm like psyched about it and and ready to you know dive in and 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 get that buck that i'm after or you know fill the freezer with the dough yeah man i wish i wish that the states would stagger all of the uh dove openers because uh, it seems like most dove openers land on that first first uh of september and yeah. it drives me crazy, man, because I talk to people and that's like the, that's like the hunt that it doesn't matter if you're hunting public or private, like people will invite you to come and hunt with them yeah. for dove. Nobody's like giving away their, their honey hole for big white tails, but <laughs> it's like, man, yeah, come shoot some doves with me. No big deal. We've got a pretty good spot for doves here. It's public land. And I mean, oh. you better wear safety glasses cause there's a lot of guys out there, but I mean, it's nonstop action, and we've turned that into a pretty big event. What was that? Or Michigan. I... Oh, so that's actually in Missouri. So Missouri. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm from Wisconsin. I'm actually currently in Wisconsin, but in Missouri, that's where I got into dove hunting, and it's it's a ton awesome. of fun. Do you? Yeah. Uh, what kind of doves do you guys have there? Um, just your morning, your gray morning dove. Okay. Uh, yeah. At the farther west you get, there's a ton of uh, Eurasians and ring ringneck doves. Um, mm-hmm. They're bigger. They're big. They fly yeah. harder, it seems like. But most places, there's no season and no limit on them because they're invasive. No. So Colorado, wow. yeah, when I lived in Colorado, that was the one thing that any time of year I could go out to my buddy's property with my shotgun and mm-hmm. you're just watching for them. And you can tell. I mean, they fly, they fly hard. They're, they're bigger bodied. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when you've got something like that, I'm like, dude, invasive species, although I know they pose issues, I kind of love them because there's typically not any restrictions on them. Yeah. You, I mean, cause you can just, you know, bring as many shells as you want. Cause that wing shooting, fast shooting is, is so much fun. Oh yeah. And it's totally different. I mean, like you said, you've never really done a proper duck hunt, but yeah. duck hunting you know, you don't have those numbers typically. It's not like they're coming from every direction. Obviously, yeah. there's places that it is like that, but um, all of the waterfowl hunting I've done, like you see them from a long ways off or you're calling to them. You've got a specific mm-hmm. uh, spot that you think they're going to land or a specific direction they're going to come in from because of the wind. But with doves, I love the I love the action and the camaraderie when you've got a big group of guys and it's like, Hey, back behind your head, coming over or like coming from the left. Yep. Oh man. That's the best. Low bird, low bird. <laughs> man. <Number two. laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. one I'm like, dude, I've never been afraid of going blind. Like I do when I go dove hunting, <laughs> you know, someone's going to get real happy. And... Getting peppered is like in North Carolina. It's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so there in North Carolina, do you, what kind of, what kind of fishing do you do? Are you doing saltwater, freshwater? I mean, are you hitting lakes, ponds and streams or what? I'm a bank fisherman, to be honest with you. Um, saltwater fishing, I've maybe done once or twice with, like, not knowing any idea what I'm doing. But you put me on a river, stream, pond, lake on the bank, and I'm going to catch some fish. Um, nice. I've done canoe fishing, kayak fishing, but not, you know, any bass boats. Um, but, like, I love bank fishing. I love looking for structure. Um, you know, as a kid, you know, worms in a cane pole starting out um and then you know i think i was on 10 or 11 i started getting the bass masters and you know it was everything to just learn i get those magazines in those stickers some hats some lures i was obsessed with bass fishing and i would try to go to neighbors ponds there was a pond um in my neighborhood that i would go to and got permission to and it was just like just trying to catch bass or any fish really um so um so I'm typically targeting bass, um, brim, crappie is coming in right now. Um, Jordan Lake is, you know, a central lake, um, that we bank fish for crappie. Of course, you know, typically I'm waiting for that warmer weather, which is typically now they're about to come in the spawn. So now in, you know, in two or three weeks, it's about to be on fire. Nice. Um, so I'll be at, um, trout fishing. Um, I've got some mentors. I've gotten to trout fishing, um, Spin fishing, fly fishing is huge. Um, a lot of our videos um, are trout fishing. Um, so I'll, you know, that's typically a two and a half to three hour, four hour drive. But um, we've got trips planned with fans, friends and family. Um, I love trout fishing. That's probably the top. Uh, so trout, crappie, brim, bass, catfish. That's typically what I'm after in North Carolina. Nice. What, um, let, let's talk about the outdoors in color. Um, just because you yeah. had mentioned friends and family and getting yeah. other people out there getting together and, and hunting. So your social media platforms are called outdoors in color. And, yep. uh, we had talked a little bit about your passion for getting other people outdoors, like taking people, teaching them, whether it's fishing or hunting, uh, introducing them to it and, uh, talk about your passion for that and kind of how that started. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, obviously you've heard my story about, you know, hunting and fishing. Um, and I've always, you know, after college and, and getting a little bit more serious in the hunting, getting, you know, getting into bow hunting um, and hunting as much as I can in between work, um, you know, in my social life, friends would be like, oh, you hunt? Really? You hunt? Um, and a lot of the friends have been like, hey, can you take me out? Can you take me out fishing? Can you take me out hunting? Um, and I enjoy, you know, bringing that new person that does ha, has any clue what hunting and fishing is about. Maybe they've done it once or twice. They've never shot their first deer or, or caught a fish or, or bass. Um, that like is, a, I, I love doing that. I love, that's my passion is, is seeing that new hunter get their, their first animal, my college buddies. Um, you know, I got a guy from England um, that I played college soccer with. He, you know, he, he married a, a local girl and, 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 in Tennessee and he comes hunting every um gun opener in North Carolina I have five of my college four or five of my college buddies that come and hunt and a lot of them um and I can get in those stories I got a lot of stories about that but they <laughs> shot their here with me and that experience of hearing them like the English guy um his first we were like 200 yards apart in his in his stand 
Um, and you know, I'm in my other stand and he shoots a deer and he's like, I gotcha, you mother. And his English, like, <laughs> I'm like, Jono, buddy, like there's more deer coming, but he dropped his first deer. Uh, I think it was a, um, a spike. So, I mean, it, for him, you know, we don't have those restrictions, but for him, his first year, I said, Hey, shoot what you want, because yeah. that's what it's about. You know, if, if you feel comfortable, um, shooting the rifle and that's the deer you want to take, then, you know, be my guest. But like having that first experience, um, and, and seeing that first hunter or fisherman, um, it just kind of drives me as a hunter. Um, you know, our numbers are, you know, decreasing. Um, so any chance I get, um, I want to, you know, introduce a new hunter and fisherman. Um, so the outdoors in color, um, I really, I started, um, in April, my wife got me a GoPro. Um, I've got, you know, I didn't talk about my family. I've got, you know, three wonderful kids. I've got a six-year-old, three-year-old, six-year-old boy, three-year-old boy, and a seven-month-old, um, baby girl. Um, but my kids are obsessed with fishing. It's kind of a blessing and a curse. Um, they're dragging me everywhere. You know, they're literally begging me, dad, can we go in the woods? Can we go hunting? Can we go? It's like, wow, I I created monsters. (laughs) Um, so, um, we are always hunting, fishing. We're always hiking. We see water, we go to waterfall anytime we're, we're going on vacation to either the beach or the mountains. Um, but if we go to the mountains, I have a five fishing, um, pole or, or spin rod and wherever we're hiking in a waterfall, I'm going to find trout. I'm going to catch them. And then my kids have just followed suit. They'll fish with me as well. Um, so, um, back to the outdoors in color. My wife got me a GoPro for my birthday last April, and I just wanted to document, um, our adventures. And it's really just to kind of showcase our passion, um, myself, my kids. Um, and it's just bloomed into, um, again, just trying to create, um, more outdoorsmen, um, just try to create the outdoors or, or for everyone. I really want, um, uh, more people of color, more youth, um, uh, more families just, um, to get out on the outside. So, you know, a big part is just motivating them, seeing what we do and just motivating them. Oh, wow. I can do that. It's not that hard to go fishing. Um, you know, hunting is a little bit more complex and, um, really the outdoors and colors just to showcase our passion and to, to drive, um, some, pick some interest and encourage people say, Oh, wow. Um, Joe's out there. I can go hunting. I can go fishing. Um, yeah. wow, my kid, my kid's in the fishing. Maybe I can get my kid in the fishing and, you know, it's already, you know, um, sparked interest. I, I get, you know, some, some DMS here and, you know, I'm in Facebook groups, in North Carolina. And, and, um, I think a, uh, a guy I'd never, you know, I've never met or had any interaction with, he, you know, private messaged me and said, Hey, I'm not comfortable hunting or fishing, but, you know, I, I've seen a lot of your posts about, um, fishing and hunting and Hey man, give me some pointers. And, you know, he's going to take his hunter safety course. Um, he's actually going to come with our, our, uh, a fishing trip in, um, Cherokee, North Carolina on the reservation. We're going to do that. Um, you know, I've had my wife's friends, um, ask me about getting their kids first fishing pole. So like, it's just blossom into, um, creating, um, more hunters and, and more, um, fishermen, fisherwomen, outdoorsmen, outdoor, um, outdoor, um, women in the outdoors. Uh, that's just our passion is, is, is um, getting new hunters and fishermen out there, man. That's so cool. I, I always commend people that, you know, are trying to not only enjoy the sport themselves, but to further it by introducing other people to it and help, help other people understand their passion for it. Uh, with that, have you, have you noticed any challenges maybe with people who come out? Like, are there certain hesitations that they have, whether it's fishing or hunting, or do you kind of have a progression of, like, man, I'm going to get them on dove hunting because it's high action. You're going to see a lot. And then maybe we'll advance to deer hunting or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, I'll talk, I'll talk about my, um, uh, one of my, uh, black friends, Corey, um, he has had, had zero experience hunting. Um, and I think, you know, we met at a bar one time and, uh, through, a, um, uh, another friend and, you know, he was like, you hunt, black people don't hunt. I'm like, yeah, we do. We do hunt. Yes, we do. It's for everyone. Um, and you know, I think it's, it's, you know, the outdoors and color is about creating, um, a space for, you know, people of color used to see, you know, other that are people that are different. Um, in that field, just having fun. And, you know, Corey reached out to me. He said, I really want a deer hunt. Like, I want to get my first deer. Uh, you know, I, you know, I want to kind of have a connection to that, you know, food I'm eating. A lot of people have, don't have that connection to, they're going to the grocery store to get their chicken or their beef. But um, he wanted to experience um, harvesting his first deer and then processing it. He got to skin it. And then, of course, he got to, um, you know, some of the items in you know, the backstrap we kept and then we took it to a processor and made, you know, sausage and, and hamburgers. So he was able to experience that whole process. Um, and for him, it was, you know, taking an animal's life was like it was, you know, he didn't really struggle with it. But it was like, wow, I just, you know, that's an animal that was living and breathing. And now it's right here in front of me. Um, so that's just surreal. Um, that's just part of hunting. And um, he appreciated the the whole process. Um from beginning to end. And since then he, you know, he moved out to Oregon actually. Um, and he's moved back and now he's like, um, obsessed with hunting. Like he just got his first, um, Matthew's bow at my local bow shop and he's going to be bow hunting with me. Um, he didn't get a deer yesterday, this year since he moved back, but he's obsessed. He's like, I'm probably going to bow hunt the entire season. <laughs> um, so that is awesome. That's just, um, a portion of, um, what the outdoors and color and as, a, uh, me as the hunter is about is just, um, that's what I strive for is just me getting that connection with someone and, and picking their interest in the outdoors. Um, and it's just, it's blossomed for us. Yeah, man. It's, it's cool to see people's, um, like preconceived notions about hunting kind of fall away when they get out there. You know, I've had yeah. people approach me and they're like, man, how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you take an animal's life without, you know, crying every time? Like you're shooting something that's innocent and has no idea that you're there. Yeah. And I was like, to be honest, there's, there's those somber moments. I mean, there's the emotional moments. It's not like I'm out there just mowing deer down, running around, like taking bites out of their heart and smearing blood all over my face. Like I'm not, you know, it's not like what some people painted out to be. I'm like, there's definitely emotion involved in it. And then when I do take people out and they shoot their first deer or they watch the first, their first deer die, there's a deep, deep connection that you have with the animals that you're hunting, you know, Absolutely. and, and people, I don't think will ever understand it fully until they can experience it for themselves. I agree. Absolutely agree. All right, guys, I need to take a quick second to tell you about a product that I've been using for quite a while now. It's called bull elk beard oil. If you spend any amount of time in the outdoors, whether it's on the mountain, in the marsh, or in the woods, you've felt the effects of the wind, the sun, and the cold on your face. What this product does, it helps you look better, feel more confident, and it helps your beard keep its moisture. Not to mention, it smells great, so now my wife can't complain as much after I come home from a long week of elk hunting. Now I need to tell you, I've gotten to know Brian the founder over the past couple months, and he is an awesome guy. Brian made sure that all of these oils are made out of clean products right here in the USA. He also loves to give back to the outdoor community, whether that's through fundraisers for public land acquisitions or even helping donate money to cover the surgery cost of duck dogs. 
He's an amazing guy and he makes an amazing product. So go check out bullelkbeardoil.com and be sure to check out the subscription options so that you don't have to run out of your favorite facial hair product. Plus, you can use the code NOMADIC and get 20% off your order. Back to like the introduction to hunting or like the progression of how you take someone from one type of hunting to the next. I, I got my wife into hunting and she was a hip hop dancer. Uh, she danced at a studio and like taught a bunch of people. She danced out in California. She's done all kinds of stuff. And I was like, man, this is, this is interesting. I never thought I would marry a hip hop dancer. Like I grew up in, I grew up hunting yeah. and fishing and like I was, I was shooting everything that moved from a young age. And she's yeah. like, I never thought I'd marry a hunter. Like I didn't even know people actually killed animals and ate them. This is so weird. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, we are, we should not have ended up together, but, uh, I took her out on a duck hunt and I quickly realized like, unless you know for sure there's ducks in the area and lots of them and the weather is somewhat mild, that mm-hmm. should not be someone's first, first. hunting experience. <laughs> we got cold in water. <laughs> yeah, she was. Oh man, she was freezing cold. We we shot one duck that day, and wow. it was the only one we saw. And she was like, "This is miserable." Like she's bundled up. And she's like, "My toes are freezing. Like my hands are freezing. I can't stay warm. My my hand warmers they're not producing heat anymore." <laughs> and uh, yeah. I was like unfortunately the part of Missouri that we live in, like this is a pretty common duck hunt. In fact, we're pretty excited that we didn't get skunked today. Like we shot something (laughs) and she's like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. And then, uh, she got to go deer hunting and shot her first deer. And so that kind of changed her mind on hunting a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned to be very selective with the type of hunting that I do, uh, with someone that's new. So Speaking of fishing, like, you know, that's a little different um, aspect. You're not really, well, unless you're, you're not catching them, at least in um, you're, you know, keeping the fish and, you know, eating them. So uh, with Outdoors in Color, um, we did a, it was a lot of my, we did a uh, kids fishing event, you can kind of say it, but it was more so family and friends. And that's kind of, you know, with the Outdoors in Color, it's just, you know, we're at the baby steps. It's, you know. You know, it's just really showcasing what we do right now. It's not really a business, which, you know, we'll talk about in the future, you know, possibly make an LLC or nonprofit. Um, but, you know, big thing is is getting kids in the outdoors. We, we took these kids to a local um, pond in Burlington, North Carolina. It's literally central. The pond only can hold, um, we, you know, they stock with trout um, typically December just talk at once in December, the trout will typically die off, you know, when it gets warmer, February, March, and typically they get, it gets fished out probably before then. So, um, this local park, um, pond, they, they stocked, um, trout from, you know, you know, half a pound, one pound, up to six pound, um, rainbow trout in there. Um, so they've been doing that for about four or five years and I've been getting new fishermen to go out there, but this year I got, um, all my kids are out there. Um, my brother-in-law's kids, um, his daughter, his son, uh, my my oldest son's um, friend from school, his dad, um, and uh, my cousin's kids. So they're typically like ten, nine, and ten. They were the older kids. So most of the kids were um, typically they were under six. You know, we, a lot of the kids were under six. So um, and a lot of them had never caught trout. Um, they've you know brim fished. Um, but, um, the kids had an absolute blast. Um, we were using, um, I had, a, I have, um, the videos out there. It's called kids trout fishing bonanza on YouTube, but 
Um, it's just constant screaming and chaos and trout. <laughs> it is just absurd. My 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 first my youngest son, um, three, he caught the first trout, and there's just kids running and like screaming, "You got it, reeling and calling!" Like it's just like pure excitement and like everyone was like clapping, calling on, reeling in, reeling in. Um, and um, it was just amazing. All the kids got to catch trout. We caught my son caught a um, six pound trout. Uh, of course, you know, some of them were sticking to fishing and they're playing, throwing rocks, just having fun. But um, one of um, Parker, my oldest son, his his friend's dad was fishing further down and Parker and um, his friend were playing and Parker sees this rod getting pulled in. So he literally jumps on the rod and he's got, um, you'll see the big six pound trout on there. And it was oh like everyone over, like even the kids across the pond that weren't with our group. Um, just everyone turn them on and the trout was massive. Like, you know, obviously it's pond trout and, and who cares? It's just about the kids having fun. Um, and, um, in the future, I want to, you know, hold more events like that. Um, whether it's, you know, trout fishing, pond fishing, um, just getting kids outside is awesome. So, um, that went to a rabbit hole, but there was, um, one of my wife's friends, um, Instagram messaged me and said, Hey, um, my son's never been fishing before. Um, my wife told me that you guys are going to go out there and I was like, yeah, come out. We're going to fish from, you know, 7am to about 12, you know, we're going to try to catch our lemon and this and that and the other, bring him out. And, um, here, sure enough, he came out, um, I think he was about four, five years old. Um, his dad came out, um, and he was like, he'd never caught a fish before they tried. Um, so, uh, cast it out there and luckily we snagged one and he got to reel it in and it was just like, just pure joy. But then the aspect of him like reeling it in, I was like, hey, unfortunately, we've got to the pond rolls. We can't release them. So the kid was like, oh, no, we can't. We got to keep it. It's going to die. It's like that is just, a, you know, it's just an introduction of, you know, some things, you know, are meant for consumption. And some things have to die. Um, it was kind of a, you know, <laughs> that's one of those things you got to talk to your kids about, um, you know. Yeah everything in this world is, is at one point is going to perish. So, um, obviously, you know, that can be kind of dark, but, you know, um, I think hunting and fishing with kids is kind of, it's, it's a life lesson of, um, life and death. And I don't want to get dark, but it, it is, it, it's, it's, you know, there's excitement and then they've got to understand, okay, if we are going to sustain ourselves and, you know, eat this trout, you know, we have to skin it. Uh, so my, my, my son's literally anytime I'm processing deer or fish, they're like, they got knife, butter knives in their hands. They're all <laughs> in the process. Um, so, um, I love seeing my kids getting involved in skinning. They, they're, um, they were a little timid at first, but you know, they understand this food is going to sustain us. Uh, we eat wild game weekly. Um, my wife does not like it, but I'm, I'm feeding my seven month old. She just started eating. I'm giving her first deer meat, first bag strap. <laughs> um, my kids love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I I had to go through a similar kind of introduction to death and mortality with my kids. Yeah. Um just just here recently we we lived on a pond or on a farm for a while that had pigs and chickens. And mm-hmm. uh at one point we had probably like 90 new chicks and a lot of chicks, you know, they just don't make it different yeah. different condi- conditions or they get kind of almost snuffed out by all the other ones when they huddle together at night. And then same thing with the pigs, you know, there might be a litter of 12 piglets and a few of them don't make it. And so I remember we were out there one day and there was a certain piglet that my kids really liked. And we went out there one day and it was, I mean, we found it under the the hay later on. 
Um, but they're asking like, where is it? Where is it? Where's the one? And I can't remember what the name of the piglet was. And my wife is kind of sitting there looking at me like, what is he going to say? I was like, he died. (laughs) And they just (laughs) looked at me and she looked at me like, what is wrong with you? You can't just throw that out there like that. And I was like, I mean, it, I I don't want to beat around the bush. I mean, if, if I, if I tell him like, oh, he's not here anymore. Well, where is he? One, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to my kids. Like they're gonna, they're gonna learn eventually. And I was surprised they actually took it pretty well. And they're like, mm-hmm. "He died. Like, where is it?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, he died. Once, once it dies, like it's just, it's not here anymore." And they're mm-hmm. like, "Is it ever coming back?" I'm like, "No, it's never coming back." And I'm like, "Man, this is just going to keep going darker and darker and darker the more questions they ask." But now they kind of understand it, you know? Yeah. Certain animals, like like if a dog dies, they it's a lot different. You know, they're like, yeah. "Is it in heaven? Do we get to see it one day? Like, is it ever coming back? I really miss it." With the pigs and chickens, it wasn't that big of a deal, but yeah, I could see, especially people who haven't been around that, um, haven't seen that growing up, having to introduce them to that side of it. Like, we are yeah. taking this animal's life. That'd be yeah. difficult. And the dad, the I, I mean, I didn't like. The dad didn't know in that moment of um, when he was like, "Oh, we 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 don't have to, we can't put him back." And I like, I was like, "Do you want me to explain it?" Like, I pulled the dad and said, "You want me to explain?" It? It's like, "Yeah, you can," because he he'd never fished before. He was new to fishing, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, and just walking through the process and talking about it. You know, it's it, you know, the trout is gonna taste really good. We're gonna clean it and eat it." And he's like, "Oh, okay. I think I've had fish before, um, but you know, it's just." You know, it's a it's a matter of life, and you just gotta explain those things sometimes. Sometimes you gotta be frank about it, and sometimes you gotta make it flowery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with I'm like, man, it kind of it. I liked explaining it better with actual animals that they saw, and then the yeah. the animals were gone, or like the pigs. You know, they would come and help me feed these pigs. Well, once they got to like two forty, two fifty, we'd typically butcher them. Sometimes we'd let them go bigger than that, but yeah we would, we would butcher him and the kids would be like, where's the other one? There were three yesterday. And I'm like, you know, we killed the other one and it is now in the freezer. And that's what bacon comes from, or that's where bacon comes from. And they're like, Oh, and I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, man, I feel like it would be difficult. It, if, if you're going to be completely honest and open with your kids, imagine explaining where one chicken nugget comes from versus like the bacon that you killed i'm like dude that's a hundred different types of chicken right there in front of you in that 10 piece nugget uh so so yeah introducing them to it when they know the animal and then they see the end product it's i feel like it's a lot better and it gives them that deeper connection to their food yeah so um what this is a tough question for most people who like to hunt and fish all sorts of things is there like a standalone favorite? Is there something that like if you had to give up everything else, you would in order to continue hunting or fishing a certain species? Uh, I mean, it's it's got to be. I mean, deer is just, I, I've got to stick with deer. I am obsessed. Like, um, I'm going to tell you this one story, and it it is kind of it's not really dark, but um, I think I was around six or seven. Um, we were driving in a van, all the kids were in there. My dad hits a deer, right? And <laughs> this is, you know, this is kind of telling us about North Carolina or, or, or um, um, how country are. Um, but um, the deer, you know, was not going to make it. And 
Um, I don't know. I think the cops, you know, came. I don't know why, if it was because insurance purposes, because it was way back when. Um, but anyway, the cop dis- dispatched the deer because um, I think in, in North Carolina, you kind of have to get a permit um, if you're going to keep a deer that's been hit or something like that. So my um, the, the policeman dispatched the deer. My dad throws it in the van with this and like my memory, <laughs> memory, like I'm in my car seat. The dead deer right here. I'm like, what is going on? So I mean, my dad got it back to the house and skinned it and ate it. Um, but that's just kind of like <laughs> our family growing up. But like, I've been obsessed with deer hunting as a um, you know, ten or eleven, twelve. My mom would always tell me like, I would count deer. Like, I would the most exciting thing about going anywhere to school or to church, um, any long drives, I would literally look out and count deer. Like, I was like, oh, I just saw twenty. Oh, 30, 40, 50. Yeah. Uh, and, Actually, I feel like it's helped me as a hunter, just like seeing animals and and seeing things out of peripherals. Like um, anytime I'm hunting, like, well, how did you see that? I'm like, I don't know. It just it's natural. Like I know I know when a deer's coming, or I just have that instinct of you know I think a deer's over here. Or, but um, I've just been obsessed with deer hunting. Um, you know, I'm not an expert. I started out gun hunting um, from a teenager. Um, I think I got my first deer at 16. But that's a whole another story we'll talk about. Um, but I got into bow hunting out of college. And then since then, it's just, I'm obsessed with, with deer hunting. Yeah. Is, is there anything that you can point to that you're like, this is what I love so much about it? Is it like the environment that you're in? Um, or maybe is it, is it just the experiences that you've had in the past that give you that strong passion for deer? I think it's all of the above, but if it's just like, for me, it's my, um, it's you know being outside being hunting there's nothing um there's nothing that is any different than you know going in the woods in the morning and then waking up and being in deer stand and, and being pitch black and then seeing the sun come up um it's just like it's for my mental health like being outside like my wife's like why do you why are you going hunting you need to watch the kids you just went hunting last week it's like honey i need this for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so after the buck that i'm after but like it's just everything about the outdoors with them. And when I'm hunting, it's like, um, you know, seeing God's creation and, and, and witnessing that. And, and, um, obviously the passion is, you know, um, as, as of progress as a hunter, it's, you know, I want to try to get the, you know, it's not the biggest deer, but, um, the older the deer are not necessarily the bigger the deer are, but the older the deer are, the harder they are to harvest. And, yeah. um, that challenge for me, you know, um, I'm learning, I mean, I'm listening to podcasts, uh, um, Dan Johnson is like a guru and there's others out there. Um, I actually started, I heard Mark Canyon first part of the hunt. And then I heard Dan Johnson um, and just like everything is, is just like still new to me. Like I'm learning everything about, um, you know, how a mature buck uses the wind and the terrain. And just like, it's just constant um, learning about deer and, and then hunting in, in, in different ways uh, to harvest the animal, um, you know, how I'm after them. And, 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 and it's like a chess game. Um, if that makes any sense, it's everything about hunting, um, the preparation, um, of getting the deer stand up in the summer. It's, it, it's nonstop, um, about, you know, giving the deer minerals. If you, if you're into that, um, feeding the deer. Um, but I really enjoy, um, wife's coming in. I really enjoy, um, the whole aspects of hunting from beginning to start, whether it's um, prepping for deer season, getting that um, stand up, um, scouting, um, it's never ending. Yeah, I think I think a big part of the allure of whitetail deer hunting is the involvement in it 
all year long. I mean, there's always something that you can do, like from from January 1st to December 31st, whether yep. it's actually hunting, whether it's trail cameras, shed hunting, scouting, um, planting food plots. Like, it's such an involved sport. And then on top of that, most places, white-tailed deer are the largest animal that you can hunt, you know? Yeah. And the availability of them. I don't know. I think there's an intimacy about white-tailed deer, especially once you get into hunting certain properties a lot or getting to know, you know, a certain group of deer and how they use the landscape. Like you said, listening to people and, and finding out more strategies using the wind, using the terrain, all of that. Oh, sorry. Um, is there, is there uh, a certain type? I mean, I know you had mentioned bass fishing. Uh, mm-hmm. do you, do you typically fish to keep the fish or is it the same type of thing where it's kind of like a recreation for you? It's how you get out there and find your peace and, and just enjoy it. Bass fishing. Um, I mean, as far as keeping them, I think, I don't think they're the best tasting fish. So, um, if I were to ever keep a fish, it probably a bass it would be probably cause it's like the biggest one. I think my record is like eight. Um, and I have in the freezer to mount, but like typically I'm releasing bass crappy, yeah. love to eat crappy. Like, um, if it's meets the legal requirements, I'm going to keep that and, and fillet it and fry that up or, um, find a different recipe online and cook it, um, trout the same way. There's, there's always trout crappy, um, in my freezer and catfish typically. Nice. Yeah. I, I love being able to eat the stuff that I catch and yeah. There's very, I mean, aside from like predators or pests or invasive things, like typically I'm eating everything I shoot um, yeah. or, or catch. And I think that's probably one of the bigger reasons that I've never fully got into bass fishing. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'll do it, yeah. but I grew up, I grew up fishing like walleye and pike and muskie up in, oh, love- up here in Wisconsin. And so it's yeah. like when we would go out and fish, we were fishing to eat. Like we, yeah. we would, we would fish, we'd bring them home we'd, we'd fillet them and cook them up pretty quickly. And then to find out that people, I mean, even trout fishermen, I'm like, man, I love trout. Trout's delicious. And to find out that there's like a whole subculture of fishermen. In fact, it's not even technically a subculture because bass fishing is by far the number one fishing sport out there. Yeah. And there's so many people that catch fish just to let them go. And that blew my mind (laughs) as a kid finding that out. You put that back. <laughs> there's there's an amazing YouTube video, and I wish I knew who made it or the title of it so people could watch it. But it was it was uh, like walleye fishermen going out mm-hmm. and and trout fishing for the first time, and it was a guide that was t- teaching them about it. And he's like, "All right, so once yeah. you catch it, you take it and you have to hold it a certain way." And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know. You hold a certain way so that it doesn't flop back into the water. Like, you got to get it in the live well or, like, be able to kill it quickly. And he's like, no, 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 we don't kill these. And they're like, what do you mean you don't kill these? We let them go back into the river. And they're like, why would you do that? And he's like, so that we can catch them later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're bigger and we can eat them then. And he's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Oh, man, it, it cracked me up. And I was like, man. That perfectly depicts like a uh, meat fisher versus like a sport fisherman and, yeah. and the contrast there. 
So, yeah, I, we have, you know, um, with trout fishing, we have, you know, regulations, whether it's hatchery supporters, which is typically um, in the spring where they it's just for purely catch and keep. Um, and then we have our delayed harvest, which it's, you know, art of single hook artificial um, lures only. Um, and then you have your fly fishing um, sections that it's fly fishing only. Um, so there's all kinds of um, opportunities for trout fishing in North Carolina. Nice. Yeah, that's. That same here. I mean, you can you can catch just about anything here in Missouri. Um, like I found out recently that we've got muskie in a local lake and walleye. Uh, my buddy oh. found this amazing walleye spawn last spring, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" If I had known that, I'd be out there fishing every day. And so I'm gonna hit that here soon. But um, do you do you have any specific type of fishing that you've never done that you want to do? Uh, is there something on your bucket list or a destination that you want to go to to fish? Uh, I mean, obviously bucket list is Alaska and that's hunting, fishing, but um, I would like to go deep sea fishing, um, you know, catch my own, you know, whatever kind of fish it is, not tuna, obviously that's, that's a little bit bigger fish, but um, go to Alaska, salmon fish would be a bucket list item. Um, but yeah, deep sea fishing, halibut, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, that's definitely on the bucket list. Yeah. Fishing Alaska. I've got to do it twice now and oh, no way. it is unreal, but I'll, I'll tell you the secret. And I, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard this. I th- I'm 90% sure I've mentioned this on the show before you can get the Alaska air credit card. And mm-hmm. if you spend a thousand dollars on it, you can actually get a, buddy ticket free so like buy one get one free ticket to alaska round trip so yeah yeah. we've done that twice and yeah you can get up there pretty cheap and uh i'm i i highly recommend it man it is it's it's the greatest place i've ever been by far Yeah. yeah definitely bucket list of course i i feel like everybody should start looking into alaska now before putin takes it back uh, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> oh well, man. Yeah, I definitely get there out there before you know that pops off. I I was hanging out with my family up here in Wisconsin, and last night one of them mentioned that they're like, you know, Putin said he wants Alaska back now, right? And I'm like, listen, if if you want to oh. get me to fight like for my country, <laughs> you start threatening giving up Alaska. We're oh, rolling man. deep. We're all rolling deep on Alaska. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be all of a sudden Alaska's population is going to increase by like 30 million people. Uh, Putin's ready for the Orange Army. No. no. <laughs> orange Army. not ready for the Orange Army. No, six, I mean, I don't know what it's like in North Carolina. I, I would imagine there's quite a few hunters and fishermen, but I'm like, dude, just in Wisconsin, I think it's 600,000 hunters on opening weekend. You, yeah, it's you multiply here. that by every state in the Midwest. Oh, dude, yeah. that's the largest army in the world right there. I've seen memes about it. There's it's a ridiculous stat about the Orange Army. It's just like you don't want to, we're like the, I think it was like the second largest army or something in the world or third largest army. It's like you don't want to mess with us. <laughs> oh, yeah, no chance. And I'm like, man. I, I don't know. This is this is definitely going down a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. I, I watch zombie movies every now and then, or like The Walking Dead. Yeah, and I every, got into it. Kept, kept going. Yeah, it, it keeps going, but every time I watch it, I'm not thinking about, like, how would I defend myself? How would I do X, Y, or Z? Like, all I'm thinking is, 
dude, can you imagine how much hunting property you would have? You, can exactly. you imagine all the places you could go fishing and not run into another person fishing? Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I always make a joke. Um, I don't know if you've heard of um, the Biltmore house in, in, in North Carolina, it's in Asheville. It's a massive mansion. It looks like a castle. So we're like, if, if anything goes south and zombies are around, we're taking that and we are, we're taking that castle because it's got like 50 rooms or something like that. It's just massive and it's fenced in. It's like, we're taking that and we're just going to live off the land. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's like a dream come true for me. I mean, yeah. that's like, basically- you mean there's no more people. <laughs> Yeah, I can go wherever I want. You know, you mean there's no more hunting pressure? Like, I'm not gonna hike ten miles back in and run into another hunter in the same area. This sounds amazing. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> that's weird to think. Like, I want civilization to become destroyed just so I can have better hunting. We're um, <laughs> obsessed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got a, I've got an issue. Um, so that same line of questioning, as far as bucket list, what would your bucket yeah. list hunt be? Uh, if you could go anywhere and hunt anything, it would have to be elk. Like I really want, like I have, I mean, there's opportunities for me to go, obviously, you know, finances and logistics, having a family work. Um, I could get it. That could happen. But like, I just, it doesn't matter if it's a bull, um, whatever is legal. Like I will take a cow. Like I will spend however much it takes or the cheapest possible and get a cow. Like I want to experience that hunt. Um, it's just a different type of hunting. Um, and I want the meat, like I've, I've had elk meat before randomly. Um, but that would definitely, a bucket list is, is elk. Do you, do you have a certain place that you'd want to go and elk hunt? It would probably just because I've seen pictures and I was just like in awe is Idaho. I have a high school buddy that lives in Idaho, Cascade, Idaho. And he sent me pictures. I'm like, what? This is, this looks like Colorado. Like, like, and he sends me pictures of, of all the wild game he sees, the elk. Like, he he just hunts for meat. Like, he'll get a cow a year um, in his section. Um, but it would probably be Idaho just because I've, I have some kind of connection to it and a friend out there. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, Western elk hunting is definitely amazing. You should I, – I try to encourage anybody who's east of the Mississippi to go and listen to the episode. Recently, I had a guy named Jacob Coons on, and he mm-hmm. was from Kentucky. Well, yeah. Kentucky and Pennsylvania both offer non-resident elk tags. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was blown away by one, um, how much easier they are to draw a tag. Like, as mm-hmm. far as drawing units go, like Kentucky and Pennsylvania have pretty high draw odds. They've got less pressure on the elk, and they've got giant elk for the amount yeah. that they have there. And he was, yeah. go ahead. So we. Have- Carolina. Oh, nice. Um, but there's elk in Virginia, and they're actually, they just did their first um, draw. And I actually entered it, It's but I think there's only five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, they released elk in North Carolina, um, I think in the, don't quote me on this, it was probably ni- early 90s. And now it's, we have about uh, a population of almost a thousand. Um, they're in North Carolina. Um, which is Western North Carolina. And there are rumors within a couple of years, there's going to be you know some draw hunts, which yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Kentucky is an option. I've heard about that. I don't know. I've seen the meat eater hunt out in Kentucky. I think maybe Tennessee might offer draw hunts as well, but it's, um, you know, 
obviously can if i wanted to really just experience and get my first elk it would be easier but i think i want to experience that midwest um just hiking and 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 you know walking miles and miles and just experience that exhaustion of um finding elk and like finally getting one well i think that's just on my bucket list what i envision like what i've seen on you know the youtubes and the meat eaters it's just that that whole experience i want to just be exhausted and um and get an elk yeah i there's always something to be said about the scenery and the environment that you're hunting in. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you just can't beat the Rocky mountains. You get out there and you're looking at like 13, 14,000 foot mountains while you're hunting. There's just no duplicating that anywhere else. And so that's definitely amazing, but I'm, I'm pumped about what the Rocky mountain elk foundation is doing, what the fish and game uh, state agencies have been doing because I would say by by the time my son, who's who's five, by the time he has kids, there's going to be an abundance of elk tags in most states throughout the United States. I mean, that's awesome. They're just everywhere. It's like every every time I talk to someone, they're like, "Oh yeah, my state just opened up an elk hunt. My state just opened up an elk hunt." Or like, "Man, I've been seeing them more and more. Like, I go floating or hiking or camping, and I just saw you know thirty elk." And yeah. I'm like, you saw them in that state? Are you kidding me? But yeah, to keep finding out about more places that have elk herds that are getting close to that sustainable population to be able to hunt them, um, I'm pumped. I hope I hope a lot of them open up in my lifetime. But uh, exactly. applications and preference points are going to get pretty pretty expensive um, if I if I applied to all the places I wanted to. Exactly. Well, I've actually never. I've never out, out of state hunted. I, it's, I've strictly hunted North Carolina. Um, I've actually never hunted outside of, well, I've, so it's false. I've hunted Eastern North Carolina deer hunting with a buddy, but you know, I'm local. I would obviously love to experience other states, bicycle hunting, getting the mill deer hunting, but um, just with the family right now and, and, and work, it's, you know, I'm obsessed with deer hunting, but if there's opportunities out there and finances are work, right. I am jumping to, to experience my first out of state hunt. Yeah, man. Well, if you ever, if you ever uh, have the time in the fall and and you want to get out and try somewhere, come on out to Missouri, man. I'd love to host you and and get you on some animals, do some fishing. Lots of fishing opportunities here, and the hunting here is pretty awesome. Also, um, all right, taking man, notes. I can't believe I I hate the thing I hate most about podcasting is how quickly time goes when you're sharing stories. Uh, I just looked down yeah. and we're over an hour already. And wow. I hate cutting, I hate cutting episodes short. Unfortunately, I do have another recording, um, after ours, but yeah. I want to give you a chance before we hop off to share where people can follow you, where they can connect with you, um, find out more about, um, the outdoors in color or, you know, some of the events, like you mentioned, you're wanting to do more of in the future. How can they, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So, um, we have, um, Instagram is the outdoors in color um underscore at the end um and tiktok obviously outdoors in color um that's just the fun part um we have a facebook the outdoors in color you can find us out there and of course our youtube channel that we've kicked off in april um that we document our journeys on with my gopro obviously we're gonna try to be some better do some better filming in the future um but um yes the outdoors in colors on youtube 
um, a lot of our videos of uh, my family, my kids fishing. Um, our latest video is really awesome, um, a rabbit hunt. I highly advise you to check that out, Rabbit Hunt uh, 2020. Um, we interviewed my barber, how he got started in the hunting um, with his beagles. Uh, really good story. And then you get to experience like um, what it's like to hunt rabbits with dogs. Um, and it is a fun episode. Um, I'm excited what's in, in store in the future. Um, I've got a buddy that kind of wants to help me out um with you know getting more hunters um and fishermen out there involved um we've got a trip lined up we're going to go to cherokee north Carolina, and do some trout fishing um in april we're going to film that um that is um i think my my dad two of my brothers are going to come and then a lot of um friends that haven't really experienced fishing or trout fishing are going to come um my kids are going to come um, my brother-in-law kids are going to come so it's going to be an action-packed event um and that's what we're looking forward to is just you know as each fishing season goes along or hunting, we're going to try to get new hunters and fishermen involved and, and more youth involved. Um, and that's just really we're about. We, you know, we really want um, um, have a, a, a safe space for, you know, people of color to see, um, you know, people like me in the outdoors. Uh, I think it's important to have representation um, in the hunting and fishing industry. Um, and you know, the outdoors is for everyone, um, whoever's listening and, and what, what, uh, whatever expertise level you're at, you know, we are all, um, um, the a community. And, and if you want to reach out to me, you know, I'm not a professional, but I'm all about having fun. And if you want to get started hunting and fishing, please, you know, um, send me a message, um, on Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, check out our videos and I will definitely chit chat with you and, and, and give you some pointers or, um, wherever, um, wherever you are in the hunting and fishing scale, I'm really glad to help you out, man. That's awesome. I, I'm super <clears throat> pumped to hear more about, uh, what you guys have going on here, how those events go and, uh, just to keep following your journey. And I'm going to be checking out that rabbit hunting video because I'm oh. telling you, man, that sounds like so much fun. So, um, yeah, let's stay in touch. Let's, let's try to get on a hunt together, uh, here Absolutely. in the near future. And, um, yeah, thanks again, man. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that one. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with Joe, and I look forward to going out to North Carolina and seeing what they have to offer. It sounds like they have so many opportunities for outdoors men and women, and I really want to go check out Dove Opener. He's obviously passionate about it, and I love Dove Opener. It's been become one of my favorite days of the year, but they really should stagger it. I feel like... If they staggered it, like had three to five different openers throughout the country, you could go and experience the openers in those spots. And for me, I wouldn't have to forfeit the opening day in Missouri if I could then go somewhere else a week later and check out the opening day there. Now, if you're a dove hunter, you understand a lot of times after opening day, it significantly decreases, whether it's because of the amount of birds killed, how many birds move out of the area once they hear all the shooting and feel all the pressure. Um, but who knows, maybe that would just make an influx of hunters in Missouri on the first and then the next week, an influx of them in Illinois or a different state. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Anyways, I want to get out there and check that out. I also want to go out and see what hound hunting for deer is all about. Now that's so foreign to me and I, I don't know. I, I guess I've never hunted something like that with a dog before, but I will say any other animals that I've chased after with dogs have, have been awesome. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching the dogs work, do what they've been trained to do, 
and I want to check it out for coyote hunting. I want to check it out for hog hunting. Who knows, maybe Joe and I can make a hunt happen like that, and we can both experience it for the first time together. That'd be a lot of fun. I will say I'm super pumped right now because I'm in Wisconsin, like I mentioned earlier, and I'm going to be checking out a new property and I'm not going to give too many details away. I'm going to leave that for a future episode as things develop. But I'll tell you this. It is in the number one whitetail county in the country and the number one whitetail state in the country for Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young entries. So we'll see what that's all about. But until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.